Welcome to Business Matters with host Rob Capello, a podcast where we open the conversation on what matters for business. We would like to thank your sponsor, Valley First Credit Union, a member-owned financial cooperative serving the Okanagan, Similkameen, and Thompson. They offer a wide range of banking and investment services for individuals and families. Valley First also has a talented business and commercial team to provide the expertise, products, and services local businesses need to grow and thrive. Good morning, everyone. Um, welcome to our Business Matters live stream. Uh, my name is Rob Capallo, business, uh, sorry, VP Business Development for Now Media Group, and I'll be moderating today's session. Uh, just remember, we are uh, streaming live on Zoom and on Facebook, so please submit any questions you have, and we'll do our best to get to them. There's a lot of topics we're going to cover today because um, uh, we've had a lot of interest in this session specifically, so we're going to we'll do our best. Um, earlier this week, we talked uh, on Tuesday. We did a local real estate market uh, session and um, and how we heard a lot of businesses sort of adapted um, in how they're focusing on the future. We know like right now there's a lot of confusion in the market because people just don't know what, when and if, what's it going to look like coming, you know, coming up. But a lot of the developments are on hold. Maybe there's slowdown in sales and there's really uncertainty around the rental and leasing market specifically. There's a lot of questions that people are asking. So, uh, you know, businesses are struggling to pay rent. Individuals are trying to meet rental obligations as well. So where does it leave businesses and landlords? So today we're joined by industry specific panel that are involved in commercial and real residential real estate. Um, we're going to be discussing really a path forward. Like, so that's what the focus of these are is like, we can control what's happened in the past, but how do we can move forward and, and, you know, and how do we remain resilient through this time? So, so let's get started. You guys don't want to hear me talk, so let's get started. So um, I'd like to welcome our panel. So Steve Harvey is your CEO of Business Finders Canada. Um, for those of you who are not familiar, Business Finders Professional Business and Commercial Real Estate Brokerage specializes specializes sort of in the sale of businesses and commercial property. Um, they cover the entire province uh, and they've completed over a thousand transactions. So very knowledgeable in the sector. Um, Steve has just always been involved in the community. Um, you know, we've had a lot of dealings with Steve in the past and always wants to help businesses overcome obstacles in any way they can. And, and sort of that's how he runs his business as well. He's also a board president of the Okanagan Entrepreneurs Organization, is a director on the Downtown Clone Association. So I'm sure he keeps himself pretty busy by the sounds of it. Welcome, Steve. Um, Trina we have, Trina Carson-Piva, owner, manager of and operations at um, uh, Real Property Management. Trina is from Saskatchewan. Um, so it says in her bio that a true prairie girl at heart, um, she subscribes to the rural way of, way of uh, doing business, work hard, be honest, and get involved. And people that know Trina, that those three um, really hit the mark on who she is. So that's awesome. Uh, her background is in community development, marketing, and administrative management. Um, Trina specializes in coordinating projects involve complex levels, organization, communication, and compliance. For those who are not familiar with Real Property Management, it's the largest residential property management company in North America, managing tens of thousands of properties for individuals, investors, and institutions. So welcome, Trina. And lastly, Christy, a lawyer at Doak Sheriff LLP, and uh, Doak Sheriff has been a great partner of ours through these sessions, which has been great. And Christy brings a real wide range of experience to her practice. She has MBA in marketing, which I didn't know, which was new to me, uh, and years of uh, entrepreneurial adventures behind her. She, her practice is driven by passion for making communications uh, marketing communications, sorry, a real estate development and creating and developing new businesses. Her background 
uh, enables her um, her clients or sorry provider clients with valuable insight and guidance in a variety of real estate, strata, property, and business matters. Uh, and Doak Sheriff uh, has been in our community since 1968, so been around for a long time. Seen a lot of downturns in, in their share of time. So, so let's get started with some questions. Again, format, I'll be asking questions to start. Anyone has questions, please pop them in. Um, I'll circle back and get to them as best as possible as well. So, so Trina, we're going to start with you. Um, lots of uncertainty right now in this market, obviously. Um, what are you seeing? Just a little bit of a broad open question, but what are you seeing right now in, last 60, in, the, in the past 60 days? Are landlords still earning rental income? What, what is the market looking like right now? Well, it, there's a lot of worried people out there, for sure. A lot of property investors um, are listening to the media, and frankly, the media is painting a pretty dark picture of, of uh, tenants' ability to pay rent. Um, we're not seeing that to be as extreme as what we, the media is reporting. Um, we certainly are seeing a lot of tenants struggling, but we see them also being really resourceful and, and um, trying to pay their rent. Um, we do know there are a lot of uh, tenants out there. We follow different groups of landlord uh, support groups and there's a lot of tenants who are refusing to pay rent out there. So this is a complex kind of compounded problem because property investors are relying on that rent revenue to meet their obligations to pay their mortgages on their rental properties and um, most of them don't, don't qualify for the mortgage deferrals. So we're seeing a lot of concern and a lot of questions because there's just so many changes that are happening out there, uh, you know, legislatively, and people are just confused and don't know what their, their rights are and what their options are. So where you mentioned before we hopped on a call, there's been a lot of changes to the Residential Tenancy Act. And I know we can probably spend an hour just talking about those, but what are some of the highlights? And, and the other part is where can people go find out? Like, is there a place where they can go and if they, if they have questions outside of this call that is there a site they can go to or how do they find out more information well when the when dr henry announced that bc was in a state of an emergency the residential tenancy branch um also there, there were some amendments to um some of the rules that landlords uh had to abide by in regards to evictions and giving notices and showings so um, the premier put a halt on evictions. Um, it, they're not possible. So all of the reasons why you could before evict a, a tenant for a non-compliance on their lease, for not paying rent, for um, you know defaulting on any of the terms of their lease agreement, no longer can they be evicted. There's been a freeze on that. There's been a freeze on rent increases. Um, there is restrictions on giving notice. So this has a lot of implications for property owners who have residential properties for sale and uh, they may have a sale closing and there's a tenant in place and they can't uh, give notice to the tenant and the tenant legally right now doesn't have to leave. So uh, those are some of the, the big the big issues. Um, and then all of the um, concerns about risk of exposure. So giving showings doing condition inspections, tenants have the right to refuse those. Mm. Interesting. So a lot of, uh, 
uncertain times for sure. So is there anywhere where someone can go and get more information on this? If they had, uh, is, there, is there a site that, that they could go or can they reach out to you? What's the best way to, if there's questions? Yeah, I mean, we're, we're always here to answer questions for both landlords and tenants. Um, the Residential Tenancy Branch website has a lot of resources for tenants, so you can see what your rates are. Yeah. Um, and uh, the BC Landlords Association has a lot of really valuable information for landlords. And of course, we're here to, to help out however we can too. Awesome, thank you, Trina. Steve, a little bit the same question around for you is given the situation many, many businesses are facing right now, what does the current market uh, look like today? Um, and what does our commercial real estate space look like moving forward? I know you don't have the crystal ball, but you've been in this business long enough. But, you know, what are we seeing today and where do you think it's going to be going and moving forward? Well, it's tough out there. You know, it's, it's awful, uh, actually. Uh, you know, biz business owners are struggling. It, it is, you know, very uh, uh, different vertical markets, you know, I mean, co-working spaces, the travel industry, the airline industry, you know, live entertainment, small mom and pop businesses, they're struggling. Um, and, uh, you know, restaurants, obviously, right. It's put hundreds of thousands, maybe even, you know, millions of people out of work. So, you know, where, where is that going to take us in the future? Uh, you know, all these industries still have costs, even though they're closed down. You know, I mean, you still, you know, are, you know, there are rent payments, uh, you know, how that is working forward with the leases is very, very difficult. It's not, uh, it, um, as Trina said, a lot of, uh, uh businesses have actually stopped paying their lease payments. Uh, and so where that puts them in the future, we're not sure. Um, you know, so, you know, the, the commercial market is problematic, um, you know, again, on the retail side. And, uh, you know, as many people are, you know, working from home, um, you know, are companies going to send their people back uh, to their offices uh, in the future? We don't know that there's just not enough data points at this uh, at this point, right? right? We, it's hard to say that, you know, is it going to impact us by 20%? Is it going to impact the market by 25%? Um, you know, I, I just don't know, uh, you know, the general and, and, you know, the real estate market is generally, um, you know, an optimistic market and, and mm -hmm. people in that industry are optimistic and, and uh, you know, everyone's you know, hoping for the best to move forward. Um, you know, as a, you know, as a whole for the province, the fact that tourism and retail and, you know, service industries, uh, uh, have dominated the, the market space. Um, it, it's it's problematic. The the food service alone, according to the restaurant industry, uh, has laid off 120,000 uh, workers. Um, you know they've lost their jobs at least temporarily. Right. Um, so it's um, yeah, it's it's an awful situation. So um, what are you seeing here, though? Are, are, I guess I'll rephrase the question. Yesterday we had a we had a call and uh, for people to tune in. One of the um, he was a, a Gordon Burrell and he's talking about they're tracking data points in China, so they're 45 days ahead from the U.S. And the first thing that turned around for them was real estate. That he goes, it was like he used the word spring loaded, right? So Steve, are you are you feeling, you know? Are, I know it's, again, you don't have a crystal ball, but are you feeling that it's spring loaded that when things kind of get back and I hate the word normal, normal, but whatever that looks like, are we going to see that come back quickly? 
Yeah, I, I believe we're going to. I mean, money money is uh, you know very cheap out there right now, um, and uh, you know we're we're very prepared uh, you know in BC and and even more so in the Okanagan and even more so I think in Kelowna. Um, so, you know, we have a large number of people that are, that are moving here each year. Uh, you know, people, people need jobs. They need, they need place to stay, stay. So the economy for Kelowna moving forward, uh, I believe is going to continue to be strong. I mean, there, there's going to be some struggles. Um, but we're also, you know, much more ahead than other countries. Like, you know, I, I would argue to say that we have a much younger population than Italy. Um, so, uh, you know, it's, it can also be argued that our government, uh, you know, responded, you know, quicker to the, to the crisis here. Uh, so I think we're going to be in a, in a much better position moving forward. So, uh, absolutely. That's great. Um, yeah. And again, like we said, we, none of us have a crystal ball, but you guys have been in the industry enough to see that you get the pulse of what's going on. Um, Christy, um, one of the questions we hear a lot is, is, you know, what is available from when it comes to relief for commercial and residential um, clients. So what's being offered by the government? How do you apply? Who qualifies? You know, there's a lot of question around that. And I know we've, we've, as a business, we look at it as well. And some we qualify for, some are really difficult. Some, you know, you take hours to fill applications, but what are you seeing right now? And how, how do clients get more information around that? Well, there, there certainly aren't a lot of programs out there. The stimulus programs are coming fast and fierce. And the details on those programs, and specifically those relating to commercial landlords, uh, we're still waiting on details. It changes day by day. Um, we're hoping for more details on the, uh, the emergency commercial rent assistance program. Um, that should be something they said they're opening up mid-May. Uh, so the programs are coming. Um, all of the lenders, the banks are making them readily available. Uh, so it, it's, it, they're trying to streamline them as best as they can to try to get the, uh, the relief to the people that need it as quickly as possible. So, um, and I'm, I'm fairly optimistic right now in terms of what I'm seeing. Um, I, I think that we have to remind ourselves that we are not Vancouver, we are not Toronto, um, we are not the United States. I think the Okanagan, we're a very unique marketplace and people here are quite bullish about uh, real estate driving us out of what could be uh, a post-pandemic recession. So um, I'm, I'm fairly optimistic about how things are going to go in, in Q3 and Q4. And um, I know I've mentioned a couple times that, you know, the government put ban on residential evictions, if that's the right word. But is, does that apply to commercial as well? What, what if, uh, if someone isn't paying their lease? No, there's no moratorium on that right now. Um, there is, of course, that's a, that's a part of this uh, we'll call it the C, I, I don't know what, how you pronounce the C, C or, <laughs> <laughs> all these acronyms. Yeah. Um, I guess one of the terms of that is if, if a, a commercial business landlord or commercial landlord takes advantage of that program, then that is one of the terms. They have to agree not to evict that tenant for that term. But what I'm seeing, and uh, and I will say that I'm not just a lawyer, I'm advising my clients, uh, my business clients that are both landlords and tenants, but I'm also a commercial landlord myself. So I get to see it from both ends. And um, what I'm seeing more and more of is that people don't really care about the legalities. 
Uh, they don't care about what the lease says. It, it's irrelevant at this point because what are you going to do? Are you going to fight over clauses in the lease? No, we're all in this together, which is, it's really refreshing to see. So we're all in this together. Let's get together. Let's talk about this and figure out how we can both come out of this in a better place. Yeah. And um, so I, I don't care. We're not fighting over force majeure clauses. Um, right. We're not fighting over, oh, is this, could this qualify as frustration of contract? It doesn't matter. What can I do as a landlord to help you as the tenant be successful? Because your success results in my success. And, um, and that's one of the positive things I think to come out of this is that it, this pandemic hasn't just zeroed in on any one portion of the population. It's hit us all. So we all have to work together. Yeah, and I think that you, that's such a valid point that that's the one thing that we notice in our, you know, in the community, because we're, you know, we're, we're tenants as well, is that everyone just wants to work together to get through this. And I mean, the point of why we're having these discussions and these calls as well is that there's such, it's such a strong business community here that people just, you know, let's sit down, let's, let's talk, let's hop on a call, let's, let's figure out how we can make it work. And I think we've seen a lot of that. Um, Trina, uh, question around sort of the Airbnb and bed and breakfast market is that most people as, as an investor, you typically make more money as you're doing short-term rentals. If you're renting by the week, you're renting by the whatever, whatever. And you, you know, we've saw obviously a pop-up Airbnb, bed and breakfast and so forth. And, but with now with a lockdown, less travel, um, short-term rental business most likely dried up. Are you seeing, are those products being being put back into the long-term rental supply now? Or are, you, or, or are people not, obviously, because they can't do the short-term rentals? Yeah, all of the, we, we manage short-term as well as long-term. And we saw quickly a lot of our vacation property bookings cancel. Um, we expected that. That caused a lot of nervousness for the property owner because they generate a lot of revenue in the Okanagan off of uh, vacation properties. It's a, it's a, it's the peak of their, of their revenue opportunities. So we are encouraging um, the, these, these property owners to consider long-term. Um, in our opinion, there's a lot more security in long-term rents. There's a lot more um, opportunities to maximize, uh, you know, the revenue on the property over the long-term and protect the asset. Um, and it's just a lot more safeguards in place legislatively to control and to, you know, look after and manage long-term. So we're seeing it for sure. Um, but there are a lot of property owners that are afraid to get into long-term because there's a lot of unknowns about the Residential Tenancy Act. There's a lot of fear of landlords of, you know, being stuck with bad tenants and what that looks like. Um, so, you know, again, it's, it's, we believe in the industry of, real estate investing that it has never been more important than to have a professional property manager looking after your properties just to navigate through all of the complex legislation and protect the property and the owner. So what, what is that going to do? And again, I know we don't have the crystal ball, but what is it going to do to the rental market once that, you know, we they start turning the economy back on, if it, it are you going to see rents increase and decrease? Do you see it, like, where, where do you feel that's going to end up? Well, I mean, the, the need for safe, secure housing is never going to go away. I mean, regardless of where the economy is at, there's always going to be a need for housing. And we're seeing a trend now with 
the millennial generation where they're not buying as much real estate. They want their disposable income. They, um, statistics have shown that you know they, they have a high volume of income and they want to live that lifestyle of the income that they're generating, but they don't want to have debt. So we're finding that a lot of executive properties are actually as easy to rent out as one bedroom studio apartments. People are willing to pay premium price for um, executive homes. And, you know, Kelowna is a booming economy. We see that it's, it's why we're here. Um, we see a lot of people moving here to take on opportunities. And since this is pandemic started, we have not seen any decrease in interest in, um, in people wanting properties. We are, filling them as quickly as we were prior. If anything, we're seeing a shortage of available properties. Wow. Well, it's interesting, even on our Tuesday call, I think there was a, uh, um, Renee uh, Merrifield from Troika was on, and she said that their, the amount of interest they've had and, you know, signups on their properties is, is, is blowing like, expectations out. So that there's definitely, um, people are still interested. Now, if they're going to be spending the dollars, that's different, but they're actually de definitely still interested as well, which is good to see. So. And it's good for, I mean, for those property owners who are selling and they're afraid of how this is going to affect their ability to sell or to get top dollar for their properties. I mean, renting it out is, an op is a, is a short-term right. solution to still right. generate some revenue right. um, while they're wanting the property to sell. Yeah, fair enough. Um, Steve, um, is there a, a, a vertical or sector that's being hit hardest when it comes to this? Are you seeing, um, is there areas that are hit harder than others? Absolutely. I mean, uh, I touched on that a little bit earlier, but, uh, you know, for sure the, the restaurant industry, you know, the travel industry, uh, retail, retail space, uh, you know, especially retail space that's inside mall space, uh, you know, that they're, they're not open and, uh, the, you know, the, the foreseeable future, we're not sure what that's going to look like because of the, you know, the mandate of, you know, gatherings of 50 people or more. Um, so that, that's, uh, that's, that's really tough, uh, for those people. And, uh, you know, how many people are going to jump on flights, um, when this is over, uh, you know, that's also dependent upon, you know, what the borders look like and what are the countries are doing, uh, and for that matter, what other provinces are doing. So given that, where do you see, um, you know, we talk a lot about, a lot of clients and it's overused this word, but pivot during these times. And, and a lot of businesses are born out of economic downturns, right? So Airbnb, uh, a lot of those in, in companies, big companies like Apple's are always adapting. It doesn't matter what the conditions are. So, so where do you see the opportunities in the next three to five months in our market? And even longer term, where do you see opportunities for the next three to five years when it comes to commercial real estate? Well, I mean, commercial real estate is, has been very strong over the last number of years here in, in BC. Um, you know, spaces like industrial space will continue to flourish. Uh, you know, there's a lack of that. Uh, there'll be a shift of where, you know, we'll see businesses that, this, that will need this type of space and it'll become, you know, con you know continually more difficult to find. Um, as Trina touched on, uh, you know, multi multifamily will always be a safe haven for, for investors uh, moving forward. Uh, in the long run, you know, people always need a roof over their heads. Um, so uh, the rent subsidies, I think that's uh, that the NDP have provided uh, will will help uh, the residential people. And, uh, you know, we'll see moving forward uh, how the uh, the rent uh, for the leases 
uh, you know, helps uh, people, uh, commercial tenancy. Um, so, but so you know, a multifamily is still safe haven. Industrial property is still safe safe haven. Um, and uh, like I mentioned before, you know, money is cheap, and and all the forecasting for that is it's going to stay that way. So this this makes me very optimistic, you know, for the commercial market. Uh, as for you know future opportunities, I mean, companies uh, the strong are going to survive. Uh, people that uh, are seeing that their employees can work from home, there will definitely be advantages to that, and and different things will come out of that. Yeah, and and it's interesting. We'll we'll circle back in a bit about the work from home. We do want to talk about how that that that's going to affect sort of the you know what it might look like. But just wanted to hop over to Christy is that. You know, we're talking a lot about uncertainties and, you know, all these uh, clauses and stuff. So should landlords be looking at including any special clauses around COVID as if, if they're writing an agreement now? Like, are you seeing that? Are you recommending that to clients or? Uh, not necessarily. I mean, um, we might see more pandemic specific language in our force majeure clauses, um, but Quite honestly, I mean, is this, this wasn't something that was arguably within the realm of contemplation. Um, and force majeure clauses are fairly wide reaching anyways. Um, but I think that we all recognize, like I was saying, that when we enter into these really obscure circumstances, it's, uh, it, it, it doesn't even matter. I mean, so how would things change if we had that specific pandemic language within our force majeure clauses? I don't think it would change anything right now. So um, are landlords going to be inserting that into their, their agreements? Perhaps, yeah. Yeah, and that's certainly something that, um, you know, a, a lot of our, our force majeure clauses already have them in there. And, and again, it hasn't right. changed what we're dealing with right now. Steve, you had some data in there? Yeah, I mean, we, the the most common request that we're hearing from tenants right now is is uh, is is one if you know do they have an option to terminate or downsize uh, because of what's happening or modify the force majeure clause uh, that includes some sort of business interruption due to you know future or forced uh, you know uh, pandemic dis disruptions. Um, so I think uh, you know tenants are going to seek for some sort of rent deferment clauses in the future. Um, for for some sort of defined inter, you know business interruption uh, which occurs like this in the future, and uh, you know ask you know that there'll be built in some sort of free rent for short periods, um, you know where that goes I'm not sure but I know those are the types of questions we're getting whether it's amortized over long term or or, or whatever. Christy. Yeah, I I I agree, but I I don't think that a lot of landlords would necessarily agree to that language though. I think what we're seeing more of is that people are going the insurance route and uh, because what people are discovering is that their insurance coverage doesn't cover pandemics. And so their business interruption insurance, um, it, it doesn't really cover them in these circumstances. So I think the more important thing is that people are now realizing and they're shopping out those specific riders that, uh, that would have provided them that coverage in these circumstances. Yeah, we're seeing the same thing too, where um, real estate investors, their insurance is not covering loss of rent revenue if their tenants can't pay. Um, and there's a mix, misconception there because tenants think they can. And tenants are also asking us to you know, communicate with the property owner and ask them to defer their rents 
so that they can in turn defer or defer their mortgage payments so they can in turn defer the rents. And that's not possible for so many of the investors. And so for us, you know, we're, we're navigating and mediating between our client, who's the property owner and the tenants and trying to work a solution that, you know, protects the, the, the tenants and their, their status, the tenant not defaulting on their, on their leases, because eventually the restrictions on evictions is going to be lifted. And if you're not paying your rent, you know, eventually you're going to have to. So we're trying to work with tenants and also, you know, even get partial payments if we can for the owners to at least put something towards their mortgages and not default completely. But the rent supplement programs that we're seeing from the government, I mean, BC is the, is the luckiest province in Canada when it comes to um, the government giving supplements to renters, but it is a drop in the bucket. Rents are very, very, very high. And when you're paying, $3,000 a month rent and you've got a supplement of $300 and you don't have an income, you still can't pay your rent. Yeah, so I totally agree with the, uh, the increased rent uh, provisions. I, I think that both landlords and tenants are going to be looking uh, for those insurance provisions in the future. Christy, do you have something to add there, sir? Yeah, just something that is really important is that uh, we're seeing a lot of mainly rent deferrals and, uh, and just amortizing those over, over future payments. Um, we're not seeing a lot of rent forgiveness outright. And usually even with the deferrals, they're deferring the base rent and not the additional rent, which would be the standard operating costs. Um, but my, my biggest piece of advice here is to make sure that's in writing and, uh, and signed to or agreed to by both parties. Um, that's really important. And again, even though in the, I, I led with saying that we're kind of backing away from the specific legalities and, uh, and, and any remedies you might have in the actual terms of the lease. Um, but despite that, whatever you do agree upon, let's get that in writing and, and, and signed off by both parties. That's awesome. And, and uh, thank you for the insights. Yeah, you guys didn't even need me in that discussion. See, you're just going, that was great. Um, we had a lot of questions, but before we do, I did want to talk about one thing before we, we jump into the questions and um, is that there's, uh, you know, Steve, I'll, I'll start with you, but you guys, uh, Trina and, and Christy, please jump in is that, you know, there's, there's sort of the new work from home, Every, you know, everyone's working from home now. And does that put a twist, sorry, that puts a little bit twist into what the business need may be for maybe leasing a larger office space, because now they're finding out, hey, maybe we can let staff work from home. So are we going to see a shift in that? Are we going to see people renting smaller commercial spaces, because now the team can work from home? Or is it the opposite? Because I've been reading a lot of now employees are, you know, are, I'll say the word demanding, that's not the right word, but are asking for more social distancing. So do you need a bigger office so you can actually allow staff to work in their own office space rather than sort of those, the, you know, there was a big uh, craze of just having open work environments, right? So is that going to stop? Are you going to, do you think you're going to see a shift in that, Steve? Yeah, I mean, there's been a, a ton of discussion around that and what that looks like and, and uh, landlord discussion for their spaces and downsizing. We're mostly hearing uh, the discussion about, you know, how am I able to downsize uh, people working from home is actually working. Um, and so businesses are not created, whether you're a restaurant or, you know, a, a retail operation to operate at 50% capacity. Um, so that's just, that's just not going to work in the future. So uh, smaller, smaller spaces and, and more uh, spaces coming available 
uh, is is what we're focused on, and uh, and when just you know having those discussions with landlords, I mean we're we're doing the same thing as as Christy is. I mean we're encouraging that you know our landlords and tenants, uh, you know should be working together, and and figuring out what this looks like moving forward because you, you know the, the landlord needs the tenant and the tenant needs the space, and uh, everyone has to work together. Yeah. For sure. Okay, I'm going to hop into some questions. I told you guys to go fast. We're halfway through already. So um, we have some questions coming in. So I'll just, uh, I'll see who, who can best answer these. But the first question is, how long do you think not being able to evict residential tenants will last? And what about development sites with residential uh, uh, rental properties, houses on site? Can those tenants be evicted due, due to the demolition needed to be done? Can someone hop in? <laughs> Christy, you're... <laughs> I'll speak to the residential. Okay. Um, as long as a state of emergency is in effect, the ban on evictions is in effect. So uh, the, yesterday they extended it to May 12th. So we were seeing, we're kind of on watch right now. So as soon as the state of, of, of emergency is over, we, we see evictions are going to be allowed again. That being said, we are going to see the residential tenancy branch being inundated with applications. So it's going to delay the process exponentially. The fact is, is that even outside of a state of emergency, it is very, very difficult to evict a tenant, even if you have good reason. And, uh, and I know for anybody who's been a residential landlord, um, you'll know that uh, getting somebody out, even for legislated uh, reasons that you're allowed to as a landlord, um, it, it's not easy. And if you wind up at the RTV trying to defend yourself as a landlord, the chances are you'll lose, whether you're in the midst of a pandemic or not. Which is all the more reason that they, they need people like you, Trina, and that. <laughs> I think that's a, say a lot of times when yes. property owners lose an arbitration is because they don't understand the process. And so as a lawyer, you know, there's a, there's a whole process of, you know, bureaucracy of when to file papers and the process of, of the paperwork. And a lot of applications from the RTB are actually dismissed because they're not filed properly. So it's an administrative issue. So yeah, understanding the laws and the provisions of the RTB is critical when it's enforcing an eviction. Well, and just as important, since you don't have a lot of recourse as a landlord, your best line of defense is to get a really good tenant, and yeah. that's best achieved through using a property manager. Absolutely, and that's what we tell our tenant, our clients. I mean, we saw the statistics that 40, up to 45% of BC tenants, residents, were not paying their rent in residential. Our office saw 1.5%. And we attribute that to our quality of tenants that we're placing and, and our strict um, you know, application process and screening process. Placing tenants, good tenants, has never been more important than now. Mm -hmm. um, next question is for Steve and Trina can jump into the, both of this. Is that um, Steve, we'll start with you. Is um, The question is sort of, if you're if you're doing business right now, if it's if it's uh, either lease or sales on the commercial side, where are the buyers coming from? And again, Trina, same thing with you. You said you're busy right now. Where are these people coming from? So, Steve, maybe you can start with you. Is where are you seeing? Is it is it local? Are you seeing people from out of province coming in, or what? Do you, when you're doing business right now? 
So, uh, uh, I mean, we're seeing people coming from everywhere, just as usual. It's just a lot smaller, uh, you know, amount of people, uh, you know, generally our, you know, our phone rings about a hundred times a day right now, it's down to about a dozen times a day. Uh, you know, so whether they're, they're local or, you know, from somewhere in Canada or from outside the country, uh, you know, people are still looking and there's people out there with money. The biggest challenge that we're seeing is the bank's ability to lend. Uh, on on anything and that's the challenge is there's there's a lot of focus with lenders working with existing clients and balancing their their uh, their risk opportunity in an appropriate way with their existing clients but the the, the real challenge is is the, the credit markets uh, are not really moving forward in lending uh, due to covid um, and we're not sure you know how you know that's pretty tight right now and so you know we're seeing uh, deals out there that are held up. Uh, that our conditions removed fully uh, move forward, but the banks are saying, you know, hey, uh, we understand that this is a firm deal, but we're not releasing the funds, uh, you know, until after, say, the business opens for 30 days or, uh, you know, COVID uh, impacts are released. So, uh, you know, th those are the, the biggest challenges right now. I mean, we've had to push uh, almost 90% of our deals. Uh, so give you an example, we had about 16 deals to close in, in April, only two were able to close. The other 14 were pushed uh, as far in, as, as far as way as into September. Hmm. Interesting. Trina, how about you? What are you seeing? Where, where are the, um, renters or clients coming from? Is it localized or is it, has that changed? Uh, well, we, we market all across North America when we have a vacancy. So we see tenants coming in from all over Canada and sometimes even into the States. So that's just part of our marketing reach that we have. We don't just market locally. If you just market locally, then you're just going to have local tenants applying. So we, we're seeing tenants from all over Canada applying. Um, we, we are seeing almost an increase. I would say our, 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 our requests for showings and inquiries for properties are certainly not decreased. I attribute a lot of that to go to tenants' fears of, of the, they want to know they're going to be safe if they're, they're being given a showing. And they're concerned when they're going to a private, you know, property owner, there's no controls in place or assurances that the place has been disinfected, that there's protocol in place to keep everybody safe. So we're seeing a lot of tenants come to us because uh, they know they, they're going to assume that a professional property manager has those you know, processes in place to, to adapt to the new normal. Um, but, and we're seeing clients again come from, from everywhere. A lot of clients who can't sell their properties um, and want to start generate some revenue because, and some cash flow because they can't sell. So to Trina and Steve, are you guys, um, are you guys showing properties in person? Or have you moved to 100% virtual or is it a little bit of both? How are you guys doing that right now? How are your businesses adapting? And maybe Steve, you can start with that. Sure. Yeah. I mean, we're still doing, uh, you know, we're, our office is still open and we're still doing meetings at the office. Uh, we are also doing the odd business tour. Uh, we're just, you know, uh, doing it with physical distancing as per the requirements. And, and uh, I think, you know, as, as we move forward, that's, you know, the kinds of types of policies we have to move in place, you know, with our office, you know, we, we uh, sanitize the, the door handles and, and uh, you know the boardroom and stuff like that four times a day or, or right after people have been there so that you know we are in compliance. Trina? Yeah we're doing the same thing I mean we we are giving in-person showings but we're putting our tenants through a pretty rigorous um, pre-screen screening so when they get to the point where they want to see a property we know they're very serious and we pre-screen them 
Um, so we've already had them uh, submit an application. We've, we've asked them a lot of questions. Um, we know that they qualify for that property once we start going through the, the process. Um, but we are doing a lot more on the front end before giving a showing, certainly than we did before. But we're finding that we're, our, our closing numbers are a lot higher because the people, once we get the tenant to the property or the potential tenant to the property, they're already wanting that property. Mm -hmm. We've already gone through the photos. We're doing walkthrough videos. We're just going to be starting um, 3D walkthroughs very, very soon, adapting to this new normal of giving virtual, virtual tours. And, and um, as far as the limitations in meeting clients, we're, we're having a lot of phone calls and we're having a lot of Zoom meetings and you know, FaceTimes and Skyping. Yeah, there was a comment in the session yesterday. They said, you only have to look good from the waist up. I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Christy, maybe that you can tackle this one. It's another question that came in from uh, the people who are tuning in. Is there's, I think we know the answer, but we'll ask is for commercial tenant relief, since there's a lack of details on the program and process from the feds, do tenants just stop paying their landlord or do they keep paying and ask for relief later? I would say don't stop paying. Uh, just open up the communication with the, the landlord. I mean, there should always be that direct communication between the tenant and the landlord because we're all business owners. It doesn't matter whether you're the bank, you're the landlord, you're the tenant. It's just, it, it goes all down the path there. So open up that communication, um, get something in place. And then once the CECRA comes through, well, then that can be dealt with at that point because it will be applied retroactively. Um, it, it will cover uh, any rent deferrals for, I believe, April, May, and June. Um, okay. But Certainly, I would not recommend that they just simply stop paying without having that conversation with the landlord. And, uh, and any landlords that I've talked to, um, they're all very open to fielding these requests. There's been very few that have dug in their heels and have said, no, no, this is the lease says this. I, come on. <laughs> these are fairly unique times so you've got to work with people and uh, and what are you going to really enforce the terms of the lease right now no because the the fact is at the end of the day you want to retain the tenant and as i said when they're successful you're successful and steve what are you seeing there i mean obviously you deal with a lot of landlords on the commercial side or are, are 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 the tenants able are they are they meeting their obligations are they not what what are you seeing right now on a, on a general uh, a sense around that we're seeing both. I mean, we're seeing some of the larger, uh, larger tenants that have uh, multiple locations, uh, especially the ones that were mandated to close, just not paying. Uh, but they are in discussion with, you know, with their landlords and the landlords do realize, you know, what's happening there. Um, you know, I, I'm in complete agreement, uh, you know, with Christine regarding, yeah, you know what, if you can pay, pay your rent, you've got to pay it because, uh, you know, you're going to end up having to pay it at some point. Um, and putting yourself in that situation is, is puts everyone in a bad, you know, in a bad place. So, um, yeah, absolutely. So like I said, there's, there's a, there's a real mix out there of who's paying and who isn't. Yeah. It, it, in the beginning stage of this, we were going advising our clients to go week by week, you know, let's talk about deferring rent for a week. Cause we had no idea how this was going to play out. And now it's a month by month basis. And, Okay, let's look at uh, deferring your base rent for the month of May on these terms and we'll revisit it at the end of May to see if we can maybe negotiate that to extend it to June. It's just week by week, month by month, heck, day by day. Mm -hmm. 
But what happens, another question that came in kind of on that is that, um, probably from the discussion we're having right now, is that what happens if a commercial landlord denies their tenants request for rent relief? Is there any recourse as a, as a tenant? What, what can they do? What, what, what could a tenant do if the landlord just says, pay your bill? Well, really, in the commercial realm, it's governed by contract. So at, at, at this point, there isn't a lot they can do. Um, I would hope that there wouldn't be any landlords out there, commercial landlords, that would just boot their tenant upon non-payment of rent. I can't see that happening because how are you going to fill that space during a pandemic? Right. You're probably not going to. So um, I haven't come across any situations where that's been the case. But uh, I also think that right now, I mean, people are being a little over the top in, in, in some cases, but the community will take you to task. Right. And a lot of people are taking to social media and, uh, and really publicly shaming people that, that aren't, aren't being accommodating and, and aren't being team players. So, um, so I would uh, caution any landlord that is thinking of digging in their heels in that respect. And, and unfortunately, I mean, the, the court systems are basically shuttered. So mm -hmm. um, absent any, uh, any emergency applications, where are you going to fight it out? Right. Trina? Well, I just want to speak to that because we have some landlords who, you know, they can't afford to defer rent. And it's not that they're digging in their heels or they're being uncompassionate. We have not had any clients who have, have been heartless over this. Everybody has been very mindful of how we're all in this together. But the fact is they have their own financial obligations to meet. And if they can't, if they're not generating any rent revenue, they're gonna default on their mortgages, which is gonna affect them in the long term. And so you know, when, we, when we say that not to have landlords dig in, Sometimes they're, they maybe aren't showing accommodation because they financially can't. And it's going to mean that they might lose their property if they start defaulting on mortgage payments. And, and I completely acknowledge that. Um, but I also acknowledge that you can't squeeze blood from a stone. And, uh, and you would hope that further up the chain that the, their lender would be accommodating on the other end. And we're seeing a, a quite a bit of that in terms of, uh, of lenders giving some concessions so that they can pass that down. And, and we're not with, with investment properties. A lot of investors are seeing that their lenders are not offering deferrals on, uh, unless it's their primary residence. So they, they're not even, a, can't even get a deferral. It's not even an option for them. Or if it's a private lender, there's no deferrals being offered. So. You know, that's a misconception that I think a lot of tenants have. They think that their the landlord can just ask for a deferral and, and pass that on. If they could, they would. Um, but rule, there was a question around is our mortgage payment deferral options available for investment properties or just principal residences. Is, is, is that up to each of the financial institutions to make that decision? It is. And the threshold is very different for everybody. Um, but we're hearing from our from a lot of our clients that they're not qualifying. We have had we don't have one client who has applied for, or asked for a deferral that's been given them. And it's it's much different as well between commercial and residential, and uh, and I think the lenders address it on a case by case basis. So it's it's different for everybody, and it's probably easier in the commercial sphere than in the residential sphere to get uh, to get any concessions from your lender. And I do acknowledge that. But again, we're back to the whole blood from the stone. Um, 
if people truly can't pay, what are you going to do? But also, I mean, we're seeing more and more people taking advantage of a lot of the stimulus programs with the hope that they would therefore get that money and then pass it down the line in terms of paying their rent. Um, the unfortunate thing is that I, I'm seeing that a lot of people aren't necessarily. They're being granted concessions on the, the residential tenancy front and, uh, and then they're getting these incentive or the, the stimulus programs, a payment, and they're not necessarily paying it down the line there. Um, I think there's some people have the, uh, the thought that, oh, they're the landlord, they don't need it. I'm just the tenant, I need it more, but that's not the case. We're all business owners. Yeah, and what we're trying to tell our tenants is, you know, you may not be able to pay it now, but it doesn't mean you can't pay it ever. And so let's work together and figure out a plan that protects your housing, secures your safety, and because we all need a place to live and a safe place to live. If they get evicted right now and they have to find a new place to live when they have a compromised, um, you know, reputation as a tenant, it's going to yeah. just compound and compound and compound. And a lot of these tenants want to be homeowners someday. So we don't want to impact their credit by, by defaulting on rent, which we can do now. We can, we can affect our tenants' credit ratings by, by defaulting on, on with their rent. So we're trying to work with them and try to find a solution where, you know, they don't see the landlord or the property owner as the enemy who's just trying to take their money when they don't even need it. We're trying to explain to the tenants that this isn't necessarily the case, and it hardly ever is, actually. Yeah, yep. that's fair. Um, next question, maybe uh, for Steve and for Trina, is who's responsible for sanitizing um, a property that's tenant occupied before and after a showing? Steve, is that something that you're, you take responsibility for if you're going into a, a, an office or a building, or, or is, it, is it the landlord that does that? So I, it depends if it's occupied or not. So if, if it's occupied, we have the, uh, the tenant uh, and or the landlord or, or the business owner ensure that that's uh, disinfected and ready to go. If it is uh, an unoccupied space, then, then we make sure we get there and, and uh, disinfect and, and make sure it's clean. Okay. Trina? Uh, we're trying to not give any showings of occupied places right now, places, placements. Um, if, they're, if we're getting showings for a property, it means it's going to be vacant very quickly. So we have um, virtual showings, we have walkthrough videos. We're trying to mitigate the risk and, and also tenants have the right right now with this new legislation that they can refuse showings. And many of them are, and I completely understand why. Okay. Um, I think we're, here we got about 10 minutes left. So if a residential landlord defers his mortgage due to no rent, are they able to charge, quote unquote, the tenant, the increase in interest? No, no. The, all you can charge the tenant is what is on the lease agreement. And so if they're obligated to pay $2,000 every month on the first of every month, that is what their obligation is. Um, they, can't, they can't pass on that, that charge to a tenant. Okay. okay. Um, Steve, because I do want to ask this question before. I, I, there's more uh, uh, questions from people tuning in, but um, we might have to circle back those offline. I'll talk about that in a second. Is it, but I did want to ask to you is, you know, we've been through downturns before. Um, we're, we're, I always feel we're a little bit, I use the word sheltered. I mean, Kelowna, the Okanagan always comes out of downturns. I feel um, a lot quicker uh, than most other places I think because of lots of reasons and part one of them is because we're talking about today I think there's a really strong business community that helps each other here is but do you think Kelowna will come out of this better prepared for future because 
this isn't the last downturn we're going to see. We're, we're going to, you know, this the pandemic we're going to see. But do you feel like um, we're going to come up stronger or better for it when we when we finally start turning around? Yeah. So I mean, we're we're seeing you know several business owners call in and and commercial property owners call in and and say you know how how does this affect uh, our business now uh, you know throughout 2020 and into 2021. Um, and, and, you know, we're just, we're just talking about, Hey, take the time to prepare, you know, pre prepare your business to open, prepare your employees, prepare your families. And if, and if that's the case, you know, then, uh, then prepare to sell, uh, you know, buyers are motivated, they're active, uh, you know, money, there's money to use out there. M money is, is, uh, is, uh, is cheap. So the good news that, uh, you know, is, is buyers are still interested and deals are going to get done and, and deals are going to move forward. Uh, I think pretty rapidly in the future. Uh, a lot of the discussions I've been in with uh, other uh, business brokerage companies and real estate companies is that, uh, you know, we're, we're actually going to be up uh, in the third and fourth quarter uh, this year versus last year uh, because of the activity. Um, you know, the bad news or the bad, you know, the bad side of things is that is nothing, nothing is actually going to get closed or very little is going to get closed until the crisis is behind us uh, because, because of the lending. Uh, and so if you want to sell your business or, or your, your commercial property into, into 20 or in 2020 or 2021, uh, you've got to get in the game. Now you've got to review your property. You've got to, um, you know, get, get things ready. Um, and that's uh, going to be super, super important. Oh, you um, what, oh, sorry, Gord, Sorry. Yeah, I mean, I, I just you know, just you know, as I think I said this a little bit before, but you know, as Kelowna went into the pandemic, you know, we went in, we went in very strong, anyways. Uh, and so, on the commercial side of things, on the leasing side of things, uh, you know, the the market was very, very strong. So there's, I would say, it's just been on hold right now. And um, you know, I don't even think that vacancy is going to be really, really high, whether it's uh, um, residential or commercial. Uh, I mean, obviously we're going to see businesses go out of business, uh, you know, at the rate of 25%, like, you know, the government is saying, I don't, I don't think, you know, I, mean, I hope that doesn't happen because uh, that will obviously affect things. But again, yes, we are, we are protected a whole lot more here in the Okanagan. Um, so I'm, uh, I'm pretty optimistic moving forward. Trina, how about you? Where do you, what's your sense of sort of how we're going to get out of this and or when we get out of this, what, what, what's the market going to look like and, and are we going to be stronger for it? Well, I think uh, every adversity forces us to either cave or grow. And so I think this is going to, you know, the, the strong will survive and those who can adapt to the new normal and, you know, pivot, as you said, is the, is the, new, the new vernacular that we're all using, the new normal and pivot to adjust is going to make all the difference. Um, we're optimistic. We're absolutely optimistic. We, we, we're not trying to be opportunistic, but we do think that this is an opportunity for, for um, investors, definitely, um, to, to uh, you know, start, start to build their portfolios and, and maximize their, their return on their properties. And, and, you know, we think that if, if you've got the right resources and you've got the right information that, um, you know, we're, we're all going to come out of this okay. Um, just checking time, sorry, 10.50. So we'll ask a couple more. Um, probably a little bit quicker on the answers just so we can get them in. Um, one of the questions, and I think we've talked about it, but could a commercial tenant claim their lease has been frustrated in the current circumstances? Christy? There's a really high threshold for the concept of uh, a frustration of 
contract. So it's very unlikely that, uh, that the current conditions would lead to a claim of frustration. But, uh, but again, as I've spoken to, uh, I, I'm hopeful that you wouldn't have to get to the point where you're trying to assert claims under uh, frustration or force majeure clauses. Um, it, it shouldn't be necessary. It, it should just be a matter of, okay, here are the circumstances. How can we work together to ensure that we both come out of this on the upside? Um, but yeah, in terms of frustration itself, uh, really high threshold and um, very unlikely that that would, that would kick in in the current circumstances. Okay. Um, I guess this should be for Trina or, or, or for Steve or both is, um, where are the opportunities right now? A, on investment properties and the commercial side. Where, where if, if someone has money and they, they're looking to invest, what should, what should they be looking at? Well, I mean, we're, we're firmly focused on, on industrial uh, property. I mean, there's, there's a huge lack of it. It's, it's, you know, going into this uh, pandemic, it was about, you know, 0.75%, uh, you know, so under 1% vacancy uh, and with it, with a higher absorption rate than what's being built. So, uh, you know, in, in our, in our plans, you know, we're working on some industrial properties uh, and multifamily. I mean, uh, multifamily, if, if anything, there's going to be more people looking to rent, uh, when this is over with and into the future. Uh, and so uh, multifamily is, is also going to continue to, to flourish. Trina? Yeah, I, I agree with Steve when I went with multifamily in the form of townhouses or, you know, uh, properties where families can live. Um, there's a lot of condos, there's a lot of studios, and those are always going to be in demand, but there's a lot of building going on right now, and there's, there's going to be an influx of new properties in you know, the Kelowna market for sure. We're seeing a demand for uh, single-family dwellings um, or townhouses. Those are the ones that are going fast, where families can live, starter homes, where they're saving to buy a property. So those, those are some um, definitely some opportunities that we're gearing towards towards our investors. I can tell you that uh, that our developer clients are going full steam ahead right now. They haven't skipped a beat and everybody is preparing their disclosure, uh, all of their marketing materials and wrapping things up so that as soon as we hit go, uh, once they can open up their show homes, they're off and running. So like I said, they're very, very bullish and uh, in Q3, Q4 this year, we all anticipate we'll be very busy. And if I could just talk, uh, Rob, just to the, the business transaction industry, there, there's obviously going to be a lot of uh, opportunity uh, because, you know, there, there's going to be opportunity for mergers and acquisitions, uh, for combining businesses, uh, you know, for, for getting some distressed sales, that's going to be out there. So uh, we're also preparing for that. Yeah. It's, yeah. So, oh, sorry. You're going to add. I was say the, the M&A work that, uh, that comes out of any recession that we've been through it, wow, it ramps up extremely high right after, um, after we're coming out of that, that downswing. So yeah, we're all ramping up for that from a legal perspective as well. And I think that from the, the commercial side of things, there's been, I mean, the demand has outweighed the supply for so long here, and that's not going to change if we come out of this. Uh, and maybe this is a, a Christy question. Again, we've just got about five minutes, but um the government is protecting the tenants it seems like more than the landlords um you know they're they're not they're not 
forcing the banks to not compound interest on deferrals. So any tips on future rental agreement to include a clause that would cover owners for this? So an example, in case of a pandemic, rent will be responsible for any additional cost due to no payment of rent. What's your thoughts around that? Uh, are you talking residential or commercial? Yeah. Well, I, th I think this is more uh, a residential because this is one property owner they asked. Uh, well, quite honestly, with residential tenancies, there's not a heck of a lot you can do without being offside in terms of um, the Residential Tenancy Act. So you don't have a lot of leeway there. You probably couldn't do something like that. Um, so, but from a commercial perspective, everything's contractual. So absolutely you could. Trina, you're nodding. You want to add into that? <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. I mean, the Residential Tenancy Act has is very tenant friendly. We know that, um, and so uh, that's that's right now not a possibility, and I highly doubt that will ever be a probability. Um, what about the, there's 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 some there's a question around uh, if if you're if you're operating a business in a in a where there's multiple businesses but uh, the landlords had to shut their business because of um, mandates from the government like so how did where does that leave the tenant so I I don't know if that would be I'm trying to think of a building that would be that so they didn't say in the question but so so if you think of a uh, if the landlord is closing an establishment. What, where does it leave the businesses that are inside there? How do, where does it leave them to operate? Well, I can't think of any situations where that has occurred, but that probably would be a set of circumstances that might be able to push you above that threshold for frustration of contract. Right. Like maybe a shopping center, uh, you know, or Orchard Park Mall, I think would be an example of that. There's businesses okay. in there that are not mandated to close, but they can't, I mean, the food court can't be open. Right. Fair enough. That's a good, that's a fair comment. Yeah. yeah. So again, um, we're, we're just a couple minutes before, and again, calling everyone's time. So I want to, there's a lot, there's other questions that we haven't gotten to, but please um, circle back offline. Um, if, if there's questions that please do reach out to us and I've, I've talked to sort of the, the panel before and we'll connect you with Steve, Trina or Christy as well for any questions you might have and or reach out to them directly if there's things that uh, we didn't get to today. Um, I want to thank the panelists for tuning in or sort of joining us today for the for an hour this morning. I think there's again I think we could talk for another hour. There's lots more questions unfortunately we didn't get to. Um, the, the recordings are available on Facebook. Um, we do have a session tomorrow at 10 a.m. with Scott Chambers, and we're just discussing uh, employment law. Lots of questions around that right now, so we're gonna we're gonna talk about uh, um, what that looks like for businesses. Thank you, guys, panelists, and audience for spending an hour with us today. And, and do ask us, do reach out if there's any other questions you might have. Um, we understand the value community. That's what I get out of all these, like today as well, is have a discussion, pick up the phone talk to your landlords, talk to your tenants. We need to work together to get through this as business owners and, and, and individuals in the community. So that, you know, let's try to force people's hands because everyone's, everyone's in the same boat right now. So um, again, thank you guys so much for joining us today. Thank you, Steve, Trina, and Christy. And um, everyone have a great day and thank you for tuning into Business Matters. Thank you. Thanks, Rob. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of Business Matters with host Rob Capello. If you're interested in being on the show, reach out to us and join the conversation.